Beautiful. Well, good morning. Everybody have a good Christmas? Good to be here this morning. Um, thanks for coming this morning. I know it's uh, that time of year when we're kind of at the end of 2018, never to be seen again in a couple days. So, um, you know, I know it's that time of year when people start to make New Year's resolutions and maybe you've got some or maybe you're one of those people that just go, I don't, I don't do that. Um, but I saw this uh, cartoon, this Snoopy cartoon by Charles Schultz, and it made me think about kind of maybe how we feel with the new year coming. Do we have that? There we go. I'd say I'm about one cookie away from being happy. Now, if you stopped at the coffee bar and you had your cookie, you should be pretty happy in here, right? <laughs> so, um, uh, but I think, you know, we maybe all have our own version of what that cookie is. Maybe it's a new car or a new job or a little more money or a new outfit or I wish I had a better relationship with somebody or uh, something that represents kind of like our, our cookie. Like, if only I had that cookie. I'm about one cookie away from being really happy, which means we're probably not that happy in the moment. Like, are we happy with just this one moment? There's this quote by Eckhart Tolle, and he says this, most humans are never fully present in the now because unconsciously they believe that the next moment must be more important than this one. But then you miss your whole life which is never not now. So today, I'm going to invite you all to slow down with me. A lot of this message is for me, so if you all want to join in and hear it, you can, <laughs> okay? <laughs> um, uh, just ask Bill, he knows. Um, so, you know, we really only have this moment to live, and we can live our life moment by moment by moment. And if you sit here right now and you're thinking about, I don't know, like, the New England Patriots game and whether you're going to make it home in time for the game. Bill. <laughs> or, <laughs> which starts at 11, right? So, or if you're thinking about something else you're going to do today or something that happened yesterday, then you're really not here, like right here, right now. So it's, it's sometimes hard to be present. We're often either thinking about the past or we're thinking about the future, and it's just hard to be right here and now. So if we don't live those moments, like those moments are gone forever. Can't ever give, get them back. So it's kind of now or never. Either live right now or you never get that moment again. I've quoted this before, but there was this Harvard study that was done to study um, our thoughts and how much of our thoughts were in the past or the present or the future. And this study showed that 46.9% of the time, almost 47% of the time, our thoughts are not in the present. We're thinking about something else. Our, our minds and our, where we are is like we're not present, which means like if you live to be 100, 47 years of your life, you're waking, you're waking, time, you weren't really living your own life. So um, I have a few quotes I'm going to share for you. These are a variety of sources. This first one is from uh, Calvin and Hobbes. 
okay? It says, we're so busy watching out for what's just ahead of us that we don't take time to enjoy where we are. Here's one from Mother Teresa. Yesterday is gone. Tomorrow has not yet come. We have only today. Let us begin. And then here's one from Winnie the Pooh and Piglet. What day is it? asked Pooh. It's today, squeaked Piglet. My favorite day, said Pooh. And here's a verse in the, in the book of James 4.14 that says, um, Yet you do not know what tomorrow will bring. What is your life? For you are a mist that appears for a little while and then vanishes. And then I like this quote by Richard Rohr. He says, there are really just two kinds of moments. Moments to be enjoyed and moments to be endured. That kind of sums it up. So whether you hear it best from Richard Rohr or Calvin and Hobbes or Mother Teresa or Winnie the Pooh or Harvard Study or the Book of James, they're all inviting us to be present in the moment. When we think about being present in the moment, I think a lot of times we think, oh, we're being present to a slice of time, right? Like we're being sli like just a slice of time. If we can just be present in this moment, then we've got it. But I think there's something deeper than that, a deeper mystery than that. And it speaks to me in First Chronicles 16:11, which says, seek the Lord and his strength. Seek his presence continually. Just seek his presence continually. If you think about who, who's the only one that's present 100% of the time, all the time, everywhere and every moment, who is that? Jesus is usually a good answer here. <laughs> um, uh, Jesus. And it's not so much that we're trying to get him to show up or find him or uh, figure out how to do the right steps to connect with him. Like he's already there. He's already present within us. And it's more about raising our awareness to what is already there. So um, when we think about like, who is God and what is he like and wh what are we really being present to? Um, I'm going right back to Genesis 1:26, where it says this. Then God said, let us make man in our image after our likeness. What's the, what's the us and the our? Let, here's God getting ready to form man, and God says, let us make man in our image. What, what's he talking about? The Trinity, yeah. The Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. It's our first hint in Scripture right off the bat, our first hint that God is three persons and yet one God, right? There's the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Uh, my visual for this is ice. If you think about a cube of ice, it's in one form. It's solid, right? And then it can melt into water, and it becomes like a whole nother thing. And then it can evaporate in the air, and you can't even see it. It's invisible. And it's like these three forms, and it's just the same substance, right? Mm -hmm but it's taken different forms. Um, and so when you think about, like we've been made in his image, there's something about the Trinity that is also true about us. There's something about his image that's mirrored in how we're made. And I kind of equate the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit to these three parts of who we are. Our mind, 
It's kind of like the father and the father's will and kind of the mastermind. Um, the spirit that is like our emotions, the spirit is often described in scripture like um, the fruit of the spirit, love and joy and peace and patience and kindness, right? And then the son is like physical form. We all have a physical body and Jesus came in physical form um, to be like one of us. And I've found that like each of those layers, our mind, our emotions, and our body, have kind of two layers to it. One layer is of the flesh that we make up ourselves, And the other is a layer of the spirit. Like you think about our mind, our mind could be filled with condemning, judging, blaming thoughts, right? Like that's that layer of the flesh. But we can also have the mind of Christ the mind of Christ that comes up with a wisdom that, like you just know, that's, that's like a thought from God, that that's how God would think, right? And in the emotions, we can have a layer of guilt and shame and anxiety and all of that that is kind of like our flesh just emoting. But then we can also have the peace and joy and love that's of the Spirit. And same with our body. Our body can have ailments and injuries and aging and all kinds of things going on that are uh, signs of the fall. Um, but if you think about how amazing our bodies are, like if I cut my arm, like without me even thinking about it, it knows how to just get to work and start healing it. It knows what to do. It's like what amazing like <laughs> ability that the body has to just go do its job. And it doesn't even, it, it doesn't require me to even be aware of it. it just starts doing it. It's pretty amazing. But all three of these parts are connected. Kind of like the Father, the Son, and the Spirit. They have, the Father, Son, and Spirit have perfect harmony, perfect relationship. They love one another. They listen to each other. They uh, work together. They um, kind of show up in different ways, and they, and they invite us into that same place. So I'm thinking that's really what we want our mind and our emotions and our body to do. And I found that a lot of times they, we don't do that. We, I think we live in a culture, in our Western culture, that the mind is like, we put all the emphasis on the mind. If we can think about everything and figure out everything and analyze everything. And we don't give a whole lot of voice sometimes to the emotions and the body. And yet, those all have a kind of intelligence. The mind has a certain intelligence. The emotions have a certain intelligence. The body has a certain intelligence that if we listen to all three, it's kind of like we're joining in with the Trinity. Sometimes our mind uh, might feel some emotion and just try to talk, talk our emotions out of being there. Or don't cry or I'll give you something to cry about. Or you know, some message that says it's just not okay to feel what you feel. Rather than tuning in and really listening to those emotions of, what is it trying to say to me? Or sometimes, you know, my body will tell me I'm stressed before my brain ever catches up. I can feel it in my neck or, you know, I feel tight or, you know, if I'm listening to something in my body, it might say, oh, you're at your limit and you should slow down or take some rest, but I just keep charging and keep going and I'm not listening to my body. Right? So we want to, like, how could these three be in harmony to listen to each other? The other part about um, God and who he is and what he's like that I wanted to draw out comes out of Exodus 3.14 and, uh, again, in John 
Exodus 3.14 says this. God said to Moses, I am who I am. And he said, say to, this, to the people of Israel, I am has sent me to you. And then Jesus, when he was asked about who he is, Jesus said to them, truly, truly, I say to you, before Abraham was, I am. And they knew that was a reference to him uh, equating himself with God in a way that the people got upset that he used, he used that I am language. Uh, but the I am language is just saying, I'm present, right here, right now. Just, I am. I just I exist. And so, for us to be present in the moment, I think, means that we are connected to the one who is present all the time, everywhere. And so it means a relationship with Christ in a way that um, understands that our present awareness, our present being, our present state, who we are, is wrapped up in who he is. When I go back and think about like the original the original fall, the original sin, and, you know, Satan came along in the form of a serpent and said, you know, if you eat of this tree, you'll be just like God. If you eat that cookie, you'll be happier. And I think that's pretty much how we keep, we keep repeating that story over and over and over. If I could just have that one more thing, then I'd be happy. Then you'd be more like God, more wise, more valuable, more important, more successful, more, you know, whatever that might be. Um, that we seem to just keep playing that out. So this morning, I'm not going to talk as much for the second half of this because we're actually going to do some uh, meditative practices here for the second half of this that I'm just going to invite you today to slow down and do with me. These are some practices that sometimes I do in counseling with people in my practice, and um, I think they're wonderful. And it's going to be an invitation for you to just slow down, be present in the moment, and just kind of be present with God's presence within you, okay? So this first one, where's Michael? There he is. I didn't recognize you without your headband. Okay, Michael, for this, he's going to play a little background music for this first one, but this first one is an exercise on just turning your attention to the breath, okay? So what I'm going to invite you to do is close your eyes, and without changing anything about your breath, just to focus on your breath. And during this meditation, if any of your thoughts wander just gently try to bring your focus back to the breath. Your God knows all your thoughts anyway, so um, you, he's got them covered, okay? So during this exercise, if you would just continually bring your focus back to your breath. And I'm going to read to you a combination of verses as well as some other um, kind of statements here, okay? So just pause and notice your breath as it comes in and through your nose or mouth. And notice it as it comes in through your chest, as your chest rises and falls. You can notice the pace or how deep it is. Maybe even notice that pause that's in between each breath. Now listen to these verses. 
The Lord God formed man out of dust from the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. And the man became a living creature. God breathed into your nostrils this breath that you experience right now. The Spirit of God has made me, and the breath of the Almighty gives me life. For as long as his life is in me, the breath of God is in my nostrils. Let everything that has breath praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. This breath is a gift. You didn't earn this breath. You didn't even have a say about it. You didn't do anything to achieve it. You didn't perform in any way to obtain this breath. The breath you feel was given to you. You didn't deserve it. It's grace. Even if you tried to stop breathing and hold your breath, it would only last so long before it would break through your will and breathe right past you. Receive this breath as a gift. Every moment is held by this breath. Even when you're not aware of it, it's carrying you, sustaining you, See if you can shift your focus from taking a breath to letting the breath breathe you like an instrument. The wind going through your body like an instrument is being played. The Spirit of God is that wind that blows through you. Let this breath breathe you. This breath of the Spirit breathes through your body, your mind, your emotions. The name of this breath in the Hebrew was so holy that it could only be said kind of like a breath. Yahweh. Yahweh. With each breath, it's like you're saying the name of God, whether you believe in Him or not. With each breath, we are connected to Him. The life of God flowing in and out of your body. God is as close as your breath.
be still and know that I am God. From this place, we are aware of his presence continually. May we move throughout our day with this awareness of his presence continually. When life gets busy, or our thoughts start churning, or our emotions stir, or our body is tense, may we return to the awareness that we are intimately connected to the breath of God. This God who is all-knowing, who is all-powerful, all-present, and all-loving. The Lord is with you wherever you go. Take one last big deep breath. And when you're ready, you can open your eyes. So I'm just going to ask, and maybe one or two or three could respond to this, but what do you notice? Peace? Mm-hmm. I notice how often I do hold my breath. Ah, yeah. Okay. Anybody else? Slowing down. Yeah, less thoughts, more focus, slowing down. Mm, you can feel the physical effect of it. Yeah. Okay. So it's just an invitation. Um, like I said there, that last part, when life gets busy, could we just take five minutes and just pause and become more aware of his presence in us? So the second one that we're going to do, we're going to do three. So the second one we're going to do is I want you to think of a situation in your life that's stressful. It doesn't have to be a big stressor. It could be, um, well, I'll give you an example. I I had some bags of clothes I was going to take to Goodwill, and I threw them in the trunk of the car. and, And then I had another bag that was for the dry cleaners, and it had... Bill's one really nice Calvin Klein suit in it because he threw all the others away when he took this last job before he retires because I don't need all these suits. So he has one suit. And it was in a bag for the dry cleaners. You can see where this is going. (laughs) And it had a really nice Ann Taylor silk blouse. It was one of my absolute favorite blouses, also in that bag. And yeah, you probably see where it's headed. I went to Goodwill and threw all the bags in there, and then about a week later, you know, it's the holidays. You know, we had some events to dress up to, and Bill said, have you seen my suit? And I was like, "Uh, uh, my mind is journey. Where's that? Oh, the dry cleaners. Did I take it? Did I not take it? It's still in the car. Oh. 
And I had this like, oh crap moment. <laughs> and I realized, I went down to the car and checked and I realized sure enough, I gave away that bag to, to Goodwill. <laughs> Someone got a really nice Calvin Klein suit. <laughs> and and uh, so, uh, so I want you to think of a little scenario for you that was stressful. It doesn't have to be a big one. That was, a, you know, a smaller one, but it was still stressful. And um, so I want you to think about the, you, have you got one? Like, have you got one in your mind? It doesn't have to be a big one. It can be a big one, but it can also just be a little one. Then I want you to ask yourself, what's the worst part about it? For me, the worst part was the disappointment that I saw in Bill. <laughs> that was my worst part, was of just seeing that I had done something like that that affected him. It went to a good cause, that's true. So in that worst part, What's a negative belief about yourself that you might be tempted to believe? For me, it was probably I'm stupid and I'm scattered. That was a stupid thing to do. I'm stupid and I'm scattered. And then ask yourself, you know, the, so the negative belief could be something like I'm not in control or I'm not valued or I'm not respected, or I'm not loved, or I have no voice, or I'm not good enough, or it could be something along that line. But you're trying to capture what's that negative belief I might be tempted to buy into in this stressful thing, whatever that is. It's my fault. Um, it could be a lot of things. And then just ask yourself, what are the emotions that go along with it? For me, I was angry at myself. I felt sad because these were some of our favorite things and there's a little bit of this kind of like oh do I really identify that much with the clothes I might put on my body <laughs> you know um, but uh, or the money it might cost or something um, but I was feeling anxious and I was feeling like a disappointed bill and I was feeling guilty and um, so those were some of the emotions and in my body, my mind, I was racing and I got, you know, stressed in my body and I couldn't, I couldn't just like shake it off right away. It just was bugging me. This is sad, but I even went back to Goodwill to see if they still had it in the rack. <laughs> anyway, so I, I'm glad somebody has a nice suit out there, okay? Okay, so you've got your negative event, the negative belief about yourself. You've got that? You got one that you can get that, you, this is the important part. Can you get that negative belief in what that is? I'm, you're, you're trying to get it down to I'm blank. How do you fill in the I'm blank? What are you tempted to believe about yourself? And then those emotions that go along with it. And what we're gonna do with this, I'm gonna imagine, have you imagined sitting by a stream? I have a picture of a stream here, but you may have your own stream that you like, that maybe you actually like to go to, and um, I want you to picture sitting by a stream. And this visualization is gonna be uh, you watching your, those negative beliefs like sticks on the stream and those emotions floating down the river until you can't see them anymore. Okay, so I just want you to close your eyes. Close your eyes again. Picture yourself sitting by that stream. Maybe you've got a time of the year Maybe it's spring, maybe it's summer, maybe it's fall, maybe it's winter. And you can hear the, the babbling of the stream or the river going by. And I want you to just take a big deep breath, like you're just breathing out this negative belief 
the emotions that go along with it, and whatever tension might be in your body, you're just breathing it out. And there it is on the stream with some sticks or, and it's floating down the river, down the stream. You're just gonna watch it go by. Because these thoughts are not what identify you, they're just thoughts. They're just emotions that come and go. And at your pace, you're gonna watch them float down the stream until they're gone. And then when you've got that image, I want you to picture Jesus sitting right there with you. And if that's a hard one for you, then choose a person in your life that represents love to you, acceptance to you, someone who really knows you and believes in you. So either one. And picture this person, whether it be Jesus or that person that loves you, like what would they say to you? What would Jesus say to you about who you are in the midst of this situation you're dealing with? What would be the expression on his face or her face? What would he or she say or do in that moment? What emotions would it bring up for you to just feel the presence of Christ with you in it? What would happen in your body? Take one more deep breath and then you can open your eyes. Even though I don't know your situation, what were some of those last things that Jesus said to you about you? Maybe again, a couple people share. Let not your heart be troubled. Okay, that's great. I know who you are. Like that. It's okay, you're going to get through it. One more. You're not alone. You're not alone. You're not alone. Okay. We've got one more for you. Okay, I'm going to have you um, stare at this picture. Can you see that? It's a little light in here, so it's not quite as bright as it normally is when you're seen it. <clears throat> I just want you to look at this picture and just tell me uh, what draws you? What do you like about it? What draws you? I'm going to have a few people share again. What speaks? Gateway to the cosmos. I'm writing these down. Stars and the arch look so close. It's as if the, the trip 
transcendent and the infinite are one and in the same space. Wow, that's great. The stars in the arch look so close. The transcendent and the eminent look so close. Yeah. What else? There's an unlimited number of right answers here. Doorway to the heavens. Doorway to heaven. you imagined being this space, what emotions would come up for you? Awe. Awe. Sense of awe. Peace. What was that back there? A pole to go further in. Yeah, I like that. Okay. There was another one here. Mystery. Mystery. Couple more. Emotions or anything that speaks to you? Okay, we'll go with this much. Okay. Uh, once again, I'm going to ask you to close your eyes one third, one more time, okay? And I want you to just, I want you to just um, capture these pieces of what was just said. I'm going to read them back to you. Have that image in your mind's eye. It's like a gateway to the cosmos. The stars and the arch look so close. It's like the transcendent and the eminent are right there together. It's like a doorway to heaven. A sense of awe. Peace. There's this pull to go further in. The mystery. And now as you sit with this, I want you to see if you can turn this same feeling towards you. This is how God feels towards you as his creation, that you are a gateway to the cosmos, that you have things inside that are both so transcendent and eminent at the very same time. You are a doorway to heaven. that you have something inside that brings a sense of awe. You have a peace deep down that goes beyond understanding. There's something about you that has a pull to just go further in. There's a mystery about you Now you can open your eyes. It's kind of like deep unto deep, like the things we like about 
something like that, that beauty, like when we see beauty and we're drawn to it, it's saying that there's things in there we're drawn to that are also true about us. It's kind of the positive side of that thing where we say, oh, if you, there's traits about somebody you don't like, sometimes they're true about you. This is like the positive side of that, okay? So, um, so those three exercises this morning were just, I just thought, you know, rather than talking about the presence of God, I just wanted to do it together and experience a little bit of that. And I invite you into it this morning. And so we're now going to go into communion. I grew up Lutheran. And in the Lutheran church, we called this the real presence. Like the real presence of Christ in you. So when you come to the table today, it's a reminder of Christ in you. He is your hope. He is your peace. He is your adequacy. He is your success. He is your value. He is your worth. He is the love that's inside of you. So the night that Jesus was betrayed, he took the bread and he broke it. And he said, take eat. This is my body broken for you. And then he took the cup and he poured it and he said, uh, drink of this. This is poured out for you for the forgiveness of sins, my blood given for you. And that Lord fills the temple. And that temple is you. And he fills all of creation. If we would slow down and raise our awareness to the fact that he is there. So may you go today with that greater awareness that Jesus, the I am, is present every moment, every day. He is as close as your next breath. He's in your thoughts. He's in your emotions. He's in your every cell of your body. He is present. He is continually present with you. So may you go in that peace. So before you go, um, the reason why I told Kathleen, don't, you don't have to say anything about the class coming up, because I really wanted to say something about it. <laughs> and Todd would, too, because Todd loves this stuff. <laughs> the, and if you've never heard of the Enneagram, you know, I hate to even call it this, but it's a personality test, because I, I haven't really found any personality tests I really like <laughs> until this one. And the reason is because it has so much depth and so much richness and so much spirituality in it that really what this class is going to be about is, yes, you're going to take a personality test, and there are nine types, and um, really what we get into is how each of all nine personality types have lost something of God's truth. And some of that we kind of got into a little bit today, of um, that there's something that plays out even in our personalities that if we could come back to center, meaning Jesus within us, that we have, we start to have more flexibility within our personality and not just be defined by that. That um, it's an opportunity really to go grow closer to God and closer to those in the class and to learn how to love and be loved no matter what your personality type might be. And that in the end, we're all actually a whole lot alike, okay? So you're invited to, to come. There's a sign up down there and um, a flyer as well to pick up if you'd like. And then there's members of the prayer team over here, um, Lori and Wade, if you would like to spend any more time in prayer. And thank you all, and uh, Happy New Year.